Hey, welcome everybody. It's the very first episode of the Buck and Dex podcast. Isn't this your spot? Aren't you supposed to be the first person? Yeah, see, this is not going to work. What do you mean it's not going to work? Buck has got this these high hopes of this podcast being bigger than the Buck and Dex show was. It's going to be bigger. You know why? Because this is our El Camino moment. What? Do you, do you want me to explain that? El Camino moment? Yeah, this is our El Camino moment. So Breaking Bad was off the air for 10 years, and then they released El Camino, and everybody lost their mind. Everybody lost their freaking mind for the El Camino movie. Now, I'm not saying we're as big as, big as Breaking Bad. Yeah, I feel like you are. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying it's kind of our El Camino moment because we've been off the air for a long time. You know what this is like? What? This is, you know, we we launched social media. We told everybody that we're launching the Buck and Dex podcast. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's excited. And then 10 people will tune in when we kick the show off. Why are you so negative? Because my hopes are not high. Why are your hopes not high? So I won't get disappointed. It's not even having high hopes. Listen, bro, I've, I've learned a lot, all right, since we got fired. And how long ago did we get fired? The wisdom I've learned. Hold on for wait, one second. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey Siri, how many days has it been since May the fourth, two thousand fifteen? It was one thousand six hundred and eighty-two days ago. One thousand six hundred and eighty-two days ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Yeah. Wow. That's how long we've been off. I mean, that's how long we haven't done a radio show You're together. Right. Yeah. Because you were on the air at. Yeah. At M88. What was it called? M88? Star 88? I don't know if I want to claim that. Why not? Dude, you, you guys had a lot of people. Uh, Wait, what is this? What, do you, what is that? What is it? Give me my, what is give it? Me my vape. Your what? Give me my vape. It's let's my talk vape. about that for a second. Well, let's fi- let's finish a thought. Do you, need a, a, do you need a drag? No, I don't. Let's just have, I was going to get it out of your way. No. Are you Johnson for a drag? No, I'm not. Dude, this <laughs> Buck's vape has been sitting by me. That's a pretty fancy one. Is that a new one? It was like 20 bucks. Really? Yeah. Did you buy it at a gas station? No. No. Here, you can have it. Just put it down. It's fine. No, it's I was cool. just getting you, it off of you. I was getting you need it out a puff, of your bro. Go ahead. Oh my gosh! Will you stop? Go, are you Jonesing for a puff? No, I'm not. What do you call it? What were we talking about? Let's have a coherent thought. Um, let's see. What we were, were we talking, talking about? about you not claiming Star eighty eight M eighty eight. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, let's save that for another show. What do you mean save it for another show? I don't know. I don't You're know. gonna have a lot of people that listen to you and Steve O. Oh, I know. Listening to this. Oh, I get it. And a lot of people want to know what happened. They want the details. And I don't know. I, I don't feel like talking about that right now. So let's just let's move on. What do you feel like talking about? Um, well, I got a few subjects in mind. Okay, so in case you haven't been following Dex and what he's been up to since he left, he is now he showed me a picture the other day. We went out and actually emceed an arthritis run for the Arthritis Foundation, the Jingle Bell Run, because I suffer from arthritis. I'm getting kind of old. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, that's okay? really not why we did it. Um, but uh, he has lost, like, you were 200. He showed me a picture out there. He was like 250 pounds plus. Yeah. I think you were more like 270. 270? You were pretty... I was not 270. You were pretty pretty chunky. I, I have never been over to... I've never been 260. Let's put it that way. I've okay, been so you were 250-something. I was 250. You were 259.9. Sure. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, anyway, it was he big. was big. Yeah. I've never even been that big. And I'm like six inches taller than you. You know what's weird is I, when I was that big, I didn't Were you think happier? I was fat. Were you no. happier? No. I, I didn't. I really, when I saw myself in the mirror, I didn't really look at myself as fat, which is kind of weird, right? But then I see pictures now and I go, holy cow, I was, I was pretty fat. Yeah, you were, uh, you were definitely unhealthy. I mean, you have to understand though, too, you were in a situation where you had a guy letting you, a family letting you live in their house. They fed you all the time. And they encouraged you to lock yourself in your room and just sit and watch Netflix. Okay. <laughs> what? That's what you were doing. <laughs> no. Yes, you were. No, that is not what happened. You that's were living not. in Bill Peterson's house. The Petersons aren't the ones who got me fat. I was already fat when I got there. I'm, I, actually, I started my journey getting healthier when I moved into the Petersons. So what are you doing? Tell everybody what you're doing. Um. Well, I mean, I work out and eat better. I... So I don't know. What do you, what do you mean so by that? What do you mean? I, I don't know. That's, that's, what that's are you doing this for? You, there's an end goal in, in mind for you, right? What are you, tr- what are you trying to accomplish? Well, the end goal is to become a firefighter. Um, that's on my uh, next career path um, is to be part of uh, the Albuquerque Fire Department. And What inspired this? Um, this actually came on about probably about four, three or four months ago. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, ours, I think, you know, Dave, Dave? Myers. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's been a firefighter for a few years and we were talking and that dude's fit. Oh yeah. He's in great shape. He was always super fit though. Yeah. And, uh, he's, you know, he just started talking to me about the uh, fire department one day, and he, he asked me, "Why don't you Why don't you join?" And is this while you were still a chunky monkey? <laughs> no, this was three or four months ago. <laughs> oh, okay. So you were already right, a fairly decent shape. Yeah, I was in because I yeah I I I'd been running ten to thirteen miles a day, and I was I was in pretty good shape. But uh, um, no, I I never even really. Um, thought about it what are you talking yeah, about nothing today? i'm not what saying anything saying? what Come you're on. so far away i can't even hear you i, know, I don't have awesome, headphones it? anymore it's awesome um <clears throat> i never i never thought about doing it for some reason because i think my mind was always focused on doing radio mm-hmm. i mean i've been doing it since i was 18 years old no you've always said like i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do yeah, forever i want to i want to die on the microphone is is always been what i've said f- since i started in radio so I never really gave any other, I just threw any other option that could possibly, any door that could open. I never even really thought about anything else except for radio. And um, I remember going home that day after having a conversation with Dave and thinking about it and I just couldn't get it out of my head. And it was, I think a day or two later, I was was like, I think I want to try this. I think I want to go for this, you know? And, uh, so I I started figuring out what to do and what what steps I needed to take and it, poor Dave he didn't really understand he he kind of painted a picture that it would be not easy because he told me it would be the hardest thing his exact words were it'll be the hardest thing you'll ever do physically physically okay. and mentally but once you do it it'll be the greatest thing you've ever done right. And so I knew it was going to be a challenge, but he kind of painted a picture that it was it would be 
easy to get into the fire academy. No, it's super hard. Yeah, I'm, I, I I I know that, and I'm not even you know. Well, he said that there's uh they're allowing a lot of people. You know, you don't have to have your uh, EMT uh, license. You right. know, like they do that at the academy now. Um, they're taking 18 year olds now. They never did that. Do, are, um, is there a shortage? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I thought it was kind of weren't they like uh, kind of uh, for a while there weren't they kind of very selective about who they were letting in it was well, kind they, of hard to get in they're very selective still but i think they're trying to make it to where yeah there's definitely a shortage it's not a it's not a bad shortage but they're uh um i guess they're just kind of opening it up more just to t- kind of see you know um but as far as like getting in and everything you have to do to uh to get through the academy or even get into the academy is still it's a long process yeah and so I've never been to college. I've never taken one credit at college. And I guess a couple years ago, they implemented that you have to have 15 college credits to get into the academy. So I'm thinking, I'm going to be able to join the uh, the, the fire academy in January. Right. So I, I was like, man, it's coming up in a few months. I'm going to... You have to have those college credits before you can even apply. Right. Right. Well, <clears throat> Dave, he uh, hits me up one day and he says... Hey, there's this thing called Vulcan training, Vulcan fitness. And Is that like CrossFit? It's at the fire Academy. Okay. And it's run by, um, it's, uh, uh, firefighters. Are, are, these, are these people paying you to say this right now? No. I okay. Um, and yeah, it's run by firefighters and what it is, it's a program at the fire Academy that, um, helps you prepare to get ready for the fire Academy. So, um, not only physically, you know, you have to be ready to when you get into the academy, but um, academic wise, there's a lot. You got to pass a lot of quizzes, a lot of tests. What what what's what are on the quizzes like? Um, you know, is there <laughs> should I run into this burning building? True or false? I, I, actually, yes. Yeah, there's, really. There's a lot of uh, you know pictures of of. Uh, building one, building two, building three, and there's four fire trucks, A, B, and C, and there's two people up on the top of the uh, building one. You know, which fire truck is the cl- – it's kind of basic, but it's like they want to know if you can read a map, if you can understand what it looks like, what's north, south, east, west, right? that kind of stuff. Um, there's uh, fifth grade math, which you wouldn't think would be that hard, but it's – You failed, didn't you? It's hard. You failed, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't fail. I actually passed all my quizzes. Okay. Um, but it was one of those things I hadn't done math in since – you know, it's been 22 years. Yeah. And I wasn't even good at math back in the day. So I that was one thing I was just kind of freaking out over. But once I sat down and just started knocking it out, it kind of all started coming back to me and, and it made sense and – um, so there's algebra, um, you know, uh, mechanics, stuff like that. that you what do you mean know. mechanics? Like how to change a tire? Like gears, you know, gears, you know, uh, you know, what sprockets, what way, if this gear, if gear a is connected to gear B and B is rotating counterclockwise, what is, you know, gear a it's just stuff like that, wow. you know? Um, lots of like, you know, the pressure, water pressure from hoses, sure. stuff like that, yeah. ratios, yeah. fractions. Yeah. So yeah. it's intense. It's, it, yeah. there's a lot to learn, um, academic wise. So, um, the Vulcan fitness, they're giving you the quizzes okay. every week. 
um, to take home. And, and then they make you carry fire hoses. Make you carry fire hoses. We work out at the academy. We run the tower. Um, they just pretty much pound us into the ground. And and uh, because once you get into the fire academy, uh-huh. you know, you you were at boot camp. You're in the Navy. Yeah. So you know what it's like. All they try to do is mentally try to get you to quit. Yeah. And that's what the fire academy is. Uh, Navy boot camp wasn't that hard. Wasn't that hard? Well, I mean, we were all firefighters in the Navy. Like they tell you your your number one job as a sailor is a firefighter. Yeah. I mean, you literally go out and fight a couple of fires in boot camp. So, yeah. I mean, I could do it. You could do it? Totally. Yeah. You're Let educated on fire science? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's just getting prepared for the fire academy. But, yeah, they want to... The job of an instructor at the fire academy is to get you to quit. They want to find the people that are mentally tough enough, physically tough enough, um, smart enough um, to be a firefighter. And so it's it's a it's a pretty grueling process. Plus, a lot of people that I talked to, you know, that had been trying to get into the fire academy, you know, they they'd failed three four times. The biggest thing that they failed on was the interview. When they get to the interview process, where they sit down, they have their suit and tie on. Um, ladies, they get they have to dress up. It's like going to a full on interview. They get knocked out because. So you're not supposed to show up wearing an AFD like sweatshirt because no. that's what those guys always wear around. That's what I always see them in. Yeah. Um, no, it's a full on interview process, and you know a lot of the questions are, uh, why do you think you should be a firefighter? You know, and then you get people that. Or like, well, I like to work out and I've always wanted to be a firefighter. And, and I want to be on a calendar. I want, yeah. I want to be on a calendar and um, I want to get girls. Like literally they'll get people that say. So what's them. your answer? Why do I want to be a firefighter? Because yeah. I want to save babies. Yeah. He sent me a text message the other day and he said he wanted to die saving a baby. That's right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. If they don't hire me. They're stupid. Seriously. No. Um, so yeah. It's, what's the hardest part for you so far? I mean, is it the physical? Is it the school? Mm. I mean, you're about to get your God smacks, just so you know, from uh, because I know one of the classes you're taking. Tell everybody the classes you're taking at CNO. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, I have to go and get 15 college credits before I, you can apply. Yeah. So I January I thought I was going to be able to go into the fire academy. Uh, nope, not going to happen. Got to knock out spring semester at CNM. Get 15 college credits. And so I signed up for a yoga class. I have, of course you did. A math and English class. Um, I have a public speaking class, that's, which is online. That's going to be the lightning rod that gets you <laughs> Bell's palsy, my friend. Is that the, uh, that's the class that. That's the class that I was taking at CNM when I got my Bell's palsy. Wow. Yep. And Buck wants me to get Bell's palsy. I, oh God, I fucking hope you get Bell's palsy so bad. <laughs> Seriously, I want you to get Bell's palsy so bad. That's messed up, man. It's not messed up. It is. No, because it's not. If, if it was reversed back in the day, because you terrorized yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. If I was the one who got Bell's palsy back in the day, I would have been cool the, about it. It was a serious yeah, affliction. Give me a break. You were fine. <laughs> um. So I think the hardest part as far as this process has been, is that you, I'm learning. I mean, I, I think one of the biggest, one of my biggest strengths has always kind of been patience. And 
you can take a lot of pain. I can take a lot of pain. Like physical pain, he can take a lot of pain. Yeah. And he's kind of a pussy when it comes to like emotional, like mental stuff, but physical pain, he's like a tank. Yeah, he'd be surprised. You know, you know what I've been through. So. I do know what you've been through. Um, but I think that's been <clears throat> that's been probably the hardest part for me is is thinking I'm, you know, gonna be going to the academy in a couple months and then uh sorry, gotta get this done. Then finding out, okay, well, maybe I can go to the June because there's two academies a year. Maybe I can get into the June Academy because spring semester will be over. Well, then I find out the application process to get into the June Fire Academy. I have to have my credits done, and that's a month or two before June, and I'll still be in college. So. Not gonna be able to get into the June Academy. So there's so no now, September. So it's just. Uh, so now I'm waiting till January 2021. So it was. It was this. How long does it take to get your EMT? Uh, if you take it at CNM, it's gonna take a semester. Just one semester. One semester. Why don't you just do that? Uh, I tried. Couldn't get into. It was already full in the spring semester. So do the summer semester. Nobody I'm, ever goes. To the well, I'm doing semester. either summer or fall to knock it out. That's okay. that's the plan. Because you can take um, you can take it at the fire academy, but it's instead of a two three month course at CNM um, at the academy, it's six weeks and it's intense. And so it's if like you eight fail, hours a day, and you fail, you're out of the academy. Oh wow, you're done. So are so you they, not confident in yourself? You'll well, be fine. I mean, I'd probably be fine, but they they say if you can take it at college at CNM. At CNM, do that because just call it CNM. You don't have to call it at college. Hey, man, it's college. Yeah, I'm a college man now. Okay. So that's been the hardest part for me is now I'm looking at I got an I got a year. Like this was something I thought I was going to be jumping into in two three months the fire academy. Right. And now I'm having to wait a year. It's not a big deal though, man. A year will fly. A year is going to fly. Yeah. I mean, this past year went by so quick. Yeah, I think as you get older, time goes by faster. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. How old are you now? You're 40? I'm 40. I turned 40. Aren't you like 43? No, I'm 40. I thought you were like five years younger than me. No, I'm 40. Okay. You've always been so much older than me. Not really. Yeah, you have. Uh, much wiser than you. Yeah, maybe in some aspects. Yeah. But uh, this year, it'll be good because instead of being disappointed and because a lot of people at this point, I remember one of my uh, firefighter instructors came up to me. He saw how disappointed I was. And he just looked at me and said, Hey man, this is part of the process. Like this is going to show us and yourself. If you're really going to be a got the metal to do this. Yeah. Exactly. Because people quit. That's yeah. the biggest thing is people just quit. It gets too hard or, you know, it's, it's like, you want it's to find not like it's budge training. Come on. That's what? It's not like it's budge training. I don't know. It's pretty close. No, it's not. Yeah, man. Not even close. We're pretty much Navy SEALs. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't ever say that. That's <laughs> so lame. I, that is so hey, lame. Hey, man, until you've gone not to even the fire academy, the don't, don't talk to me, all right? Whatever. Don't talk to me about it. Because yeah, we're going to have know. a Navy SEAL on just to talk to you. And I'm going to I'm gonna have him sit right next to you. And you can tell him that the fire academy is as hard as Bud's. And we'll see what he says. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. You know, my friend Cody has a friend that lives here that's a SEAL. I have friends that are SEALs. Okay. So I know. I'm just kidding. I actually have a coach at Bear Canyon CrossFit that uh, he actually got injured during Bud's. 
Um, likely story. I know, right? But he's uh, he's he's doing a swim um, from Alcatraz uh, across. Uh, uh, he starts at Alcatraz. It's called the Alcatraz Shark Swim, and so they I don't know they go so many miles. <laughs> that's like in the San Francisco Bay. Right there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like one of the red triangles. That's probably why. Yeah, those guys are highest crazy. concentration of great white sharks. I, I want to apologize to everybody. I have this like upper respiratory infection, so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like. Uh, it's not from vaping. Snotty and no, no, it's not from vaping. Not so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so firemen. So kid, so kid, kids um, are good. Yeah, kids are good. Um, my oldest is 18. Wow. Ugh. Freaky. Um, my when daughter, we got fired, yes, Sarah was May, June, July, August. Sarah was five months pregnant, six months pregnant with Cash. Wow, Cash is four. I haven't even seen Cash in a while. Cash is four. He's a handsome young. He is literally a handsome. Like I don't. He is a handsome young dude. I wow. don't feel like that boy came from my loins. Yeah, I feel that way when I see my kids too. Yeah. Yeah, but Jaden's fifteen, my daughter, and then Landon's fourteen, and he's six foot two, and wears a size twelve. Wow! I can give him some shoes. Yeah. Give him some hand me downs from Uncle Buck. There you go, size twelve. Yeah, so kids are good, and um, yeah, my life is. Uh, I'm tired. If you've noticed, I'm just tired all the time. Yeah, you're always whining about being tired. It's kind of funny because you're supposed to be in really good shape. I started. Um, I started exercising. I got a physical in June, right? I went to my doctor, got a physical, and he was just kind of talking to me about what's your life like? What's your diet like? What's your exercise life like? So, yeah, it's pretty sedentary. I don't do a whole lot. I go to work, you know, I'll sit, sit in my office. I'm not very physically active. My diet's not good. And he told me, he was like, well, you're 40, you're about to be 48. I was a month away from my birthday. You're about to be 48. You should probably start doing stuff because the best thing you can do at this age is to keep moving. Yeah. And so that kind of fired me up. Use I'm, it or lose it. I'm not really sure why, but um, I think by the end of, by the end of July, I started working out. You know, I kind of started toying with it a little bit, and I go to the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. It's a great place. It's a great gym. Oh, it's the best gym in Albuquerque. Um, they have TVs on there, like ellipticals and treadmills you and sponsor? all that stuff. No. Yeah, we can talk to them. Um, but I started, I was 225 pounds, and 225, 226, and right now... And so what I'm doing is I'm mainly concentrating on, I've decided I'm going to get some muscles because I've never really had like muscles. I don't think I have the, like the, the physique for it. And, and by that, I mean like the genes to be like a big bodybuilder or anything yeah. like that. Not that I want to be. Right. But, um, I've really been kind of concentrating on weight training and just doing a little bit of cardio. So typically what I'll do is I'll go in there and I'll do like 30, 35 minutes of cardio and then I'll go over and I'll lift weights. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I started, I was pretty weak. I could do like two push ups and lift about 85 pounds, yeah. you know, and now I'm 
my bench is it's it's not a lot. I mean, I'm not obviously a big strong guy, but I'm benching like working out with like 130 to 150 pounds. How many months you been doing it? Uh, really since August, like full on since August. So you know about four months, and um, yeah, man, I'm getting in shape. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What I found if to anybody that's listening, if you want to get in really good shape and you don't have the money for a gym. All you have to do is do burpees. You know what a burpee is? I do know what a burpee is. You plop down, do a push up, and then you jump up. Yeah. I, I again, over, again, I know what a burpee is. For all the listeners out right. there, they don't know what a burpee is. But do that over and over. I do 100 burpees a day. Yeah. It will get you. What did you say? Nothing. What? I was looking at my fingernail. Do 100 burpee. burpees a do day. Do burpee. I want to see. I don't you. need to do a burpee. Let's keep Come going. Come on. I don't know, man. I want to see you do burpee. Come on. I don't want to do a burpee. Easy. Nobody can see us right now, so it doesn't matter. We don't have the video aspect of I this. I want to yet. hear you do a burpee. <laughs> I want to hear that. Oh, 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 on my back. No. No, it's not happening. Um, or just, you know what? Go for a go for a, a fast-paced walk. You know? I'm serious. Yeah. Like That's mall how walk? I started. You started mall walking? I started mall walking. I didn't actually start did mall walking. Did you have walking. the tracksuit? Uh, and did no. your arms go up and down like that while you were doing your mall walking? No, I never did that. No. Um, but it, that's that's really how I started my uh, my journey to lose all the weight and get healthy was I just started walking. I was just – I remember I was in bed one day because I was so depressed and I was just – I was at a point in my life where I was just, I mean, checked out, completely checked out. And I'd leave the show and I would drive home and I'd climb into bed and I'd turn on Netflix. And drink Mountain Dew. Drink Mountain Dew. And I would just check out, check out. And I remember this trainer of mine um, named Amy, she hit me up. And she knew I was in a pretty bad spot. And so she would, she'd call or text me and say, Dex, get your butt out of bed and go for a walk. Get up right now. So I remember there was a, there was a day where I, I had gotten a text right after I'd gotten in bed and she told me to get up. Is everything okay? That's fine, dude. Just don't yeah, worry about me. You're distracting me, bro. Pay attention. I'm running the ship. All right, good. Um, she hit me up one day and said, Dex, get your ass out of bed and go for a walk. And I remember not wanting to, of course, she's like, I want you to shoot a video, send me a video in five minutes that you're out walking. Like crap. Got up, went for a walk. And from that day forward, it was like every day I got my, instead of going and getting in bed, I just went for a walk and I'd walk about four miles. And then I'd realize I have to walk four miles back. Yeah. That's a drag. And that's eight miles total. But I just kept doing that every day. It was like, I'm going to make myself walk three, four miles and then walk back. And I'm not going to call an Uber, you know, because that crossed my mind. You're not going to call yourself. I'm not going to call myself. Um, Yeah, I just kept doing that. And then I worked my way up to walking for a minute and running for a minute. And it's funny because I can remember running and being so fat that you could feel everything jiggling on your body. Yeah. And then in your mind, you're going, 
man, I can't wait for the day that I'm not going to jiggle anymore. Because, you know, at 250 pounds, it's like you're carrying another person. I mean, it's hard to work out when you're that fat. So I just remember going, I'm going to do this, man. If it takes me two, three years, I don't care. I'm going to lose this weight and I'm going to keep doing this every single day. And it wasn't the easiest journey and I wanted to give up a lot, but I made it a mission, man. And it became part of a routine and I just stuck with it and I got better, faster, stronger, just like Kanye West. Yeah, he's probably going to sue us for that, for you saying that. You better cut that out of this. Okay, we'll edit that. But uh, no, man, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, that's the big thing, right, is how, where's your motivation come from? I, I think part of the problem is, you know, they always talk about you have to have a big why mm-hmm. with things. Like everybody has these, you know, in real estate, they have these these uh, books that talk about your motivation and what's your big why. So your big why is, I guess, to get healthy and go save babies. Oh, my big why is that I don't want to be checked out anymore. You know, I don't want to, you know, having three kids, I want to be there for my kids. I want, I want to, I want to be happy, you know? And when you're coming home from work, climbing into bed, turn it on Netflix. That's not, that's not living, you know? Yeah. That's just being completely checked out. And you know, when you're eating unhealthy, you're eating fast food every day that, you know, combined with just, you're not working out. That's a recipe of depression. I mean, why are people depressed? Most people are depressed because they're not eating the right things. They're not getting the right nutrition. They're not moving. Your doctor said you got to move. Yeah. If you don't move, you're, you're going to get locked up. No, we're not saying, to be clear, for those of you who suffer with clinical depression, we're not saying that sure. people don't suffer, have chemical imbalances sure. that you know cause that. No, absolutely. In your case, it was kind of self-inflicted. It was self-inflicted, but this is what I've learned as well. I've dropped all the weight, and if but if I don't run, here's the biggest thing. If I don't run, that depression sneaks back in. Even though I'm eating healthy... Even though I'm, I've lost all the weight, if I don't work out, I go right back to that, oh, man. Just, just don't become a douchebag about it. What do you mean? Just don't be, like, douchey about your working out and stuff. What do you mean? I don't understand. You know, like the bros. Don't be like the- Like the bros? Like the bros. We were down at the, at the Jingle Bell Run for the Arthritis Foundation last weekend, and it was a 5K run. And you made a comment to me that I thought was maybe a little bit douchey. Oh, wow. I I didn't... What what did I say? You said you would have to run a 5K just to get warmed up to run a 5K. That's douchey? A little bit douchey. Huh. I mean, we can ask the Buck and Dex Army if they think it's douchey and see what they say. But I know it just kind of, kind of just seemed a little douchey. He came over here today, got to my house sat down on the floor, took his pants off, started stretching. <laughs> and it's like, that's kind of douchey. All right. Now, let's let's clear this up for a second, all right? It's douchey because you're not where I'm at. No, no, no. It's not no, that. No, no, no. It no, is. You know, if I had to muscle through a 5K run, I could probably do it. I mean, I'm like super, like, I'm way stronger 
than I've than I've been for a long time. I mean, I'm taking this seriously. I'm just saying, don't be that guy. But the reality is, did I that's, did but, I offend you? No, no, not at all. The reality is, is that that's real life for me. It wasn't that I was trying to be douchey or saying it to brag. I literally have to run four or five miles just to warm up. To warm up. That's just how my body works, and that's where I'm at because I run so much. Like the first four miles for me are hell. Hell, because my legs hurt, my lungs hurt, even though I've been running for two years, you know, a half marathon a day. Those first few miles still suck. But after that, I'm good. I can run forever. So when when I'm thinking about that race, because you were saying, and a couple other people are like, oh, you should run the 5K. And I'm like, he's like, no, I'd have, I'd to, have, I'd to, have, I'd have to go run a 5K I real really quick would. just to get warmed up. I would so have I to run a 5K just run to out get there warmed up. Smoke your asses. Because <laughs> if I didn't warm up for the 5K, I'd probably get smoked. You know, I, I, cause if I run a race, I'm going to want to, I'm going to want to win it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. But, um, so going back to you, calling me a douche. I didn't say you were a douche. I said, I'm only a douche. If I'm saying it, don't be a douche is what I'm saying. I'm only a douche. If the reason I'm saying it is to brag about is to be braggy. Yeah. And okay. I wasn't braggy. All right. I'm just, just looking at, and as far as taking my pants off and stretching, dude, I don't want to rip the crotch out of my. My pants. wife could have walked out. My wife stayed home sick today from work, and I she was could, she could spandex, have, dude. She could have walked out at any time. They were spandex. It's fine. It's just like wearing yoga pants. Look like you're smuggling grapes in there. They're just yoga pants, bro. Guys can wear yoga pants. <sighs> if girls can wear them, guys can wear them. Um. So yeah, that's. Uh, what about you? What else are you doing? What What are you up to? Real estate. Well, yeah. So. In 2012, a lot of you know that I'm a real estate broker in town. And in 2012, I got my license, my real estate license, because for some reason I saw the writing on the wall and I had this sneaking suspicion that I probably needed to have a backup plan. And so that's when I got my real estate license was 2012. And uh, when we were unceremoniously fired on May the 4th, 2015, 1,000... Book, uh, however many days ago that was it was a book so. you're the one do you want to really talk about why we got fired <laughs> let's talk about why we got fired do you think that it was just a money thing with the company i think it was i think that was probably yes a I think, big part of it i think that's a big part of it do you think it could have had anything to do with the day that you fucking spazzed out on baxter live on the air and freaked out? No. You don't think that had anything to do with it? No. I don't think that had anything to do with I it. I bet it had something to do with it. How? You know, Chuck Hammond isn't uh, isn't working over there anymore. I know. He retired. Do you think we could actually have him on and he could talk about it? I don't know. Maybe. That'd I, be a great interview. I would love that. It'd be a terrible interview. I'd be great. Huh, I'll call him and ask him. See yeah. if he wants to do it. Gosh, I miss that guy. He was a good boss. Yeah. Yeah. Bill May. No, he, Bill May was the he best. He was a good boss. Yeah, no. But, it, I mean, Chuck, I mean, look he at- He wasn't bad. Chuck- Chuck was good. Here's the thing, man. We we were we so lucky. fired so many times. Oh, my gosh. I think, what, two years into us doing the show together? Remember when The Zone was around? 103.3 The Zone with Moxie? 
Oh yeah, Moxie had made his big comeback. Yeah, was it? Was it Moxie and Missile? Did they come back? And it was the Moxie show? and Missile at first, and then it was Moxie and Leah Black. Which, by the way, we will have Leah Black on the show. So, but then didn't Moxie and Missile come back because they were together years before us? Yeah, they were on the edge years before right. us, but and then, then they, they came, came back, back originally, right? And we're doing the morning show in the zone, right? And then I think Missile left. That's what and Leah. then I think he was doing it with Leah after that. We can have right. Moxie on the show. I actually ran into him the other day and told him we were doing this, and yeah. and uh, I believe he wants to come on the show as well. Yeah, I, I love that guy. He's great. But back in the day, yeah, it was. I mean, think about how cool radio was back then. That was really the last years of kind of radio wars. Yeah, you know where the station across the street. I mean, we'd set up at a concert downtown at the sunshine and that station would be setting up next to us. And it would just be like a full on war at times. You yeah. know, it was talking smack. It was, you remember know, I tried to jazz. fight that guy Forrest from, uh, yeah, you tried, tried to fight him. I tried to fight Forrest from the zone. Yeah. So it was, uh, and then the candy man from kiss decided that he wanted to throw his hat in the ring and fight me. And I was a little bit freaked out about that because he was like a 350-pound gay dude. Right. I thought he was just going to sit on me and tickle me or something, and I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I think the zone... Because the zone was kicking our ass. Yeah. And the yeah, ratings, they were beating the snot out of us. And when, when the day but came... But to be fair to us, we had just started. We had just started. We were a couple years in. And they were... Yeah. Our signal, 104.7, was shitty you couldn't even pick it up in the majority of the city yeah so um yeah we uh we were getting our asses kicked and then one day all of a sudden the zone went away they flipped formats well i remember when it was happening because somebody tipped me off about it yeah i don't even know how it happened or how i got this information but somebody sent me an email and said you need to listen to these and they sent me a link to some audio files and I pulled it up and it was like 1033 Ed FM or Fred FM or whatever they called it at yeah. the time. And I was like, uh-oh. And I called Moxie. And I was like, hey, dude, you need to figure something out because something's going down. And I think he thought I was bullshitting him. Yeah. I think he thought I was messing with him and I wasn't. You know, I've always liked Moxie, you know, and uh, yeah, and then they went away and I remember when they went away, we uh, <laughs> we played uh, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On, yeah. from the Titanic theme. I forgot about that. Yeah. And we welcomed all those new listeners from the zone. We did. place listeners. But do you remember we talked to Bill May, our boss, I don't know how long after the zone went away, but he had told us that corporate was already in talks they were gonna they were gonna flip the edge they were gonna fire us and flip the edge oh yeah and they said once the zone flipped they decided let's give the edge a year to see how they do yeah um because now they don't have another alternative station that's right you know up against them so i remember hearing that going oh my gosh we just dodged a bullet we were like uh we were like cats over there man we had nine lives i'm surprised we we lasted as long as we did yeah to be honest with you because for what you guys don't what you don't understand is 
when Dex and I started doing the show together, we, you know, we had a rough patch for about 18 months and didn't really care for each other. And, um, well, because you were a douchebag. Well, you were a dick too. Really? Yes, you were. I was not. You were. You had just. You were all full of yourself. You came down from Montana. You were like, I did this morning show in Montana and it was great. You had just just gotten clean. I wasn't even clean then. I wasn't clean until 2005. Right. But you were coming out of the addiction, trying to at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, you know, year or so afterwards of you being clean. That that was tough. That was hard. Why? Really? I was there. You were there. Showed up. But you were super douchey, man. Yeah. Super douchey. How was I douchey though? You were very arrogant, very full of yourself. You loved to brag about yourself. I what did I brag about myself? Really? About? Yeah. You were constantly talking about how great the show was, how just I I, I don't Why remember. Why would you not take ago. that as a compliment? Because you're the other half of that. No, I'm just saying, like it, you'd come off very douchey. Are you saying that I'm? You, I was douchey. Are you saying this now because I told you just 15 minutes not ago not to be douchey? Really, you don't think you were douchey back? then? I don't remember. Nobody else has ever called you out and called you a douche back then. No, really, no. Well, I'm your true friend then. <laughs> okay, you don't have real friends. <laughs> okay. I remember not not a whole lot of listen. I'll be honest, not a whole lot of people liked you back then. Really? I, as far as I know, they didn't. That's what they told me. Who who's they? Who are you talking the people about? At the building that we worked with. People, which people in they the all, building? Name they, names. Here, <laughs> name names right now. Name names. Give me names. I'm, no, I'm not going to name names. I want to know if you know you're who saying that back I was then. Douchey. I want you to tell me. Did anybody ever talk? Be to you about me not liking me? Did anybody say anything? Oh yeah, everybody. Okay, then there you go. Then no, that, nobody. Oh. I was just saying that because you said that. Oh. No, I had a lot of people. Like majority of the people talk behind. Which people? Sales people, everybody. promotions people, everybody, everybody, everybody. I don't. I don't believe that. I'm not just making this up, dude. You're full of shit. I'm dead serious. No, I don't believe you. Okay. All right, that's fine. Anyway, talk to Baxter. So, yeah. Yeah, I have actually talked to him one time since we got fired, and that's because I ran into him when I was walking to my real estate office back from lunch one day. That's the only time I've talked to him since we've gotten canned. Wow. Has he ever called you? Uh, A lot of people are hating on Baxter. I want to make this very clear right now, and I'm going to put this out in the public. I don't have any ill feelings towards Baxter. I don't have any animosity towards Baxter. I don't have any animosity towards the radio station. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's just business. I am a little surprised that he never tried to like reach out afterwards, but I don't have any like ill will or bad feelings towards the guy at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my situation and my relationship with Baxter was just different than it was with you guys never really had the type of relationship that Baxter and I had. So, what kind of relationship did you guys have? I mean, it it, it was experimental. Eh, a little bit. No. Um, Curious. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know. I see. That's the thing. I don't even know if I want to dive into this. You know. Okay. Some, so let's not talk about that yeah, right now. Let me go back and and complete my thought. So when we were working there, 
I again I'll say I'm not sure we lasted I'm not sure how we lasted as long because once we started finding our groove, we had a couple of things happen. Bill May started working with us. Bill May was our boss. He was our program director and he was the biggest champion for the Buck and Deck show. Best boss we've ever had. Best boss we've ever had. And Ben the best back rubs as well. He used to always come up behind me and give it. It always kind of made me a little uncomfortable. It did me too, but it was nice. Because I could see him switch hitting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. those shirts, absolutely. Yeah. Um but he would work with us. Like he was our biggest cheerleader in the building and he would work with us. And in 2008 when the market crashed and the recession started, the day that Barack Obama got inaugurated as president was the day that where we we were clear channel then still, right? We were clear channel. That was the day that Clear Channel did their layoffs, their first layoffs that they had. Now, in the news, it was like front page news as it was happening around the country. Like you would see, you know, this company is shut down. This company is laid off 40% of its workforce. Clear Channel was very smart about the way they did it. And they did their first massive layoff the day that Barack Obama got inaugurated as president. <laughs> right. That's pretty Which smart. is pretty smart yeah. because, I mean, the first... Black president getting sworn in, you that's know, all the media is going to talk. That's about. all the media was talking about. They didn't care that Clear Channel laid off thirty five percent of the workforce, but that day was brutal. It was, uh, it was Chuck Hammond and the HR lady walking up and down the corridors, getting people with these Manila folders in their hands. Didn't they tell us to stay in the studio? Yeah, they told us to stay in the studio, and it was like. You know what? It was such a pussy thing because it's like, you know what, man? Fuck this. If we're going to get fired, let's go out and just meet it head on. And they're like, everybody stay in the studio. Yeah, we got done with the show at 10 and they told us, our bosses said, just stay in the studio. So Buck and I were peeking through the window of the the door and we could see the bosses, the HR lady and our boss going up and down the hall with Getting manila envelopes. Yeah. Waiting for them and- to come into our studio. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately that day. Bill May was the recipient yeah. of the Manila folder. And uh, that day we lost like 35 to 40% of the employees oh, yeah. that were at the radio. Erica Viking that day. It, there was a ton of people. Yeah. Um, and somehow we made it. Yeah. Yeah. And they never came and got us either. No. So we just were like, screw this. Let's just go. Yeah. And I remember I was leaving. And right as I was walking out, Erica Viking had just gotten fired in the office. And she came walking out. We made eye contact. And I didn't say anything. And she goes, I just got fucking fired. (laughs) And she walked out the door. And I just sat there going... I, I was speechless. I didn't even know what to say. I was uh, like, do I give her a hug? But she just kind of took off. Yeah. Because she'd been with 94 Rock forever. Yeah, she was there for a long time. She was there for a long yeah. time. Yeah, so... Gosh, we dodged another bullet. We dodged that bullet. And then I can't remember when this happened, but there was another round of layoffs after that, like maybe a year, year and a half after that. You remember yeah. there was another round of layoffs? Yep. And we made it through that one as well. Well, we had found out that I think, was this the time where we found out that you had to be, now this was across the board for, might would have been iHeart at this point, right? I can't remember if, it, if the company changed their name to iHeart at this point, but I remember at one point they said that you had to be top three in the building 
to not get fired. Yeah, and we were number one at that time. That's the time. We were always trying to, our number one competition we were trying to beat, even though it's totally different style of music, Kiss was always our big competition, 97.3, because we had a specific demographic that we were going after. We were going after the 18 to 34-year-olds. Right. And we had just beaten them, and we were number one. Right. It's the only time we beat them. We were always like yeah. number two. And uh, we beat them, and there was another round of layoffs. The, remember the CEO? Was he, the, he was the CEO. I can't remember the dude's name of Clear Channel. But right after the first layoff, he was going to be in town. He was like passing through Albuquerque on his way to Taos or something. And they called a meeting on a Saturday. Do you remember when we had to go meet the CEO of Clear Channel? It was Saturday at the building. I don't remember that. And remember when they were talking about talent sharing? And he was like, we've got all this great new stuff that's going to happen. We've got this new program called Talent Sharing. And you'll be able to have like the number one DJ from New York. He could be your afternoon DJ or whatever. And um, that's when I knew that we were fucked. Yeah. I knew that that's when the station was going to suffer. And when things were going to get bad, that's when Allie came on. Remember, Allie came on after right. us. And we had all those people that were just like, and they had this program called Premium Choice. And Premium Choice basically was where you had a dude in wherever he was from, Atlanta or Cincinnati or Cleveland or something like that. He was the programmer for alternative music. And he would basically program all of the alternative stations for Clear Channel around the country. And so we all had the same music. That's when the station flipped from what we were, you know, when you and I first started, you know, it's uh, it was basically like a metal station. You know, we were playing a lot of Slipknot and Static X and Disturbed and yada, yada, yada. And then I remember driving right after the station flipped to Premium Choice and I heard the killers, Mr. Brightside. And I was like, oh, shit, it has begun. Yeah. And uh, that's when the whole premium choice thing started. And um, a lot of people always had this misconception that that uh, corporate used to program the radio station, you know, before that happened. And that couldn't be further from the truth because that was all myself and Bill May. Like, we were the the music minds behind what you used to hear on the station. And, um, And then that changed to that. So, so anyway... We had the first round of layoffs. We had that second round of layoffs, and then, um, and then we didn't have Bill May anymore. You know, and I think that was the big problem that we had because it seemed like you had a couple of big stations in the building. You know, the the kind of heritage stations. You know, that yeah. were the big money makers. And for those of you who don't understand, the way a radio station makes money is they sell ad time, and depending on what demographic you're selling that ad time for depends on how much money you're going to make per spot, right? So the 18 to 34 demographic, which we always did well in, was a good demographic, but it wasn't the money demographic. The money demographic was the 25 to 54-year-olds, which 94 Rock in the peak basically had cornered. And they were like, they were the cash cows. So after Bill May left, anything additional that was needed to help a radio station, you know, whether it would be prep services or research for music or whatever, it primarily went to 94 Rock or it would go to the peak, you know, because I remember we asked for a coach. We asked if we could get a show coach because some of the stations had a show coach and they told us, no, you couldn't have one. So, so 
you know, we we hung on we hung on as long as we could. And yeah, I think I, it was a good fight. But you yeah, know, think, at, just thinking about just you know, we got into a great contract right when the recession, <laughs> right before the recession hit. Why did we get into a great contract? Well, that was definitely you. I will give you all the credit there because you did a great job putting our contract together. But right before the recession hit, we got locked into a good three-year contract and we're able to stay in that contract throughout the recession. And yeah. even though we didn't move up as far as like we didn't get raises and stuff, but I mean, we were in a recession and we were making pretty good money. Yeah, Getting we weren't bonused. rich by any means, but we were making okay money. <sighs> there was one year, man, where we did pretty well, you know, as yeah. far as, you know, doing what we do. And yeah. Bonuses, yeah. Oh my gosh, but... Um, yeah, it was, it's hard for me to ever be upset that we got fired because we, we dodged so many bullets and not a lot of radio people can say that they've, you know, for me, I'd worked at the edge for, you know, 17 years, 16, 17 years, you know? Um, so I mean, that was a good run. Yeah. I started at the edge in 1994. And I worked there until 99, and then I was asked to leave. And then I came back at the beginning of 2003. Yeah. So I was there for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, and that, you don't see that very often in radio anymore. Yeah, it's really, we were kind of unicorns, really, because it's, you don't see morning shows doing shows for as long as we did. And be successful. I mean, we were successful and... And it was, it was a good time. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, you know, you asked me, you know, why, why, why do you want to be a firefighter? What was it that sparked that? And I was thinking, you know, do I really want to, of course I would want to, if I could do radio the rest of my life, absolutely. But seeing how it's, the paradigm has shifted though. now. It's shifted. You know, we're doing what we should be doing, you know, we're doing a podcast, you know, that's what is happening. And just so everybody knows, we couldn't have started this podcast for a while after we were terminated. Like we had to sit on the shelf for a while. We didn't have to wait for, you know, a thousand sixty-eight days or whatever it was, however long it's been. But I mean, we had to sit out for a minimum of a year before we started doing anything. Yeah. So yeah, I, Now people can't even do them with the new contracts that they have. Really? Yeah. Because they have basically like, apparently the new contract with iHeartMedia is like, not just international, but it's like for all time and space. It's like, it sounds like something out of Star Trek. Really? Yeah. Somebody was telling me about it. Like you can't even do a podcast. Once you're canned from, from iHeart, they won't even let you do a podcast. The non-compete that they have, they won't allow you to do that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That was good we got out when we did. Telling you, man. You know? This is our El Camino moment, bro. This is our El Camino. But I I almost look at radio like the newspaper. You know how the newspaper, there's still that generation of people that get a newspaper. Sure. You know? But when we look at our kids, especially my kids who are teenagers, they don't listen to FM or AM radio. Oh no, no, dude, it's a don't. super it's a super antiquated archaic right. so, medium as far as as far as discovering, you know, as far as discovering new music. Right. Nobody is using radio to discover Think new music anymore. Think about when they become our age, when they get up to be in their 30s and 40s, it, it, radio is going to be like the freaking newspaper. It, it it'll still be there. Yeah. But 
not a lot of people are going to be listening to it. Yeah. I've had, um, I've had, so, you know, I did a little stint over at Coyote. It was a quick six, six, seven month deal. Um, but there was a guy over there. He was like, why don't you just buy a radio station? And it's like, yeah, seems like a big investment. And I don't think it's going to be around. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think radio is ever going to go away. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Okay. It's just like television. Yeah. You know, television is never going to go away. The way people consume the information and the media is what's going to be different. Yeah. You know? It's like everybody wants on demand. We live in an on demand society where people want to snap their fingers and say, I feel like watching Letterkenny right now. And they'll turn on Hulu and they'll watch it, or they'll go to YouTube and they'll watch it, whatever. And I think that people will get their entertainment, you know, if they have particular personalities that they like, you know, maybe somebody likes, they like the Buck and Dex show. Maybe somebody likes Joe Rogan. Maybe somebody likes Bill Burr whatever it is, you know, they have that on demand at their fingertips. And that's why it's always going to change. I think radio is just going to be background noise for cars. But I mean, even in cars now, like the new cars that they're, de- that they're developing, they all have, you know, they put the iHeartRadio app in there. They put satellite radio, satellite radio, which is still kind of, eh. Um, but they have Spotify, they have apps in the cars. Pandora, now. Pandora, Spotify, Spotify yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's it. It's, a la carte. A la carte. You know? You know, I remember doing a show once where we were talking about television, and I think I was bitching about my cable bill and how it was like 250 bucks or something. And I remember saying, man, I wish there was a la carte TV where you could just pick what you want. Yeah. And now you have it. You have it. You know? Yeah. I have an Amazon Fire Cube thing over there, and I have Disney Plus, I have Hulu, I have Netflix. That's what kind of stinks, though, is that every network now has a subscription almost. I mean, if you have satellite, you get the password and you can, you can, you can get all of your apps and channels, you know, if you have satellite, but if you don't have that, you literally have to, Oh, I want Disney plus. All right. That's what's eight bucks or something. Six bucks, six bucks, five, nine, Netflix. You know, that's, that's 12 bucks. Um, you know, and it goes on and on. So, it it sucks because you're you end up paying I mean it's probably a lot cheaper than what you're paying for satellite. Sure. But you know, if you want five or six of these apps, yeah, you're gonna be paying for it, you know? Yeah. So it's 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 crazy how Although you can have I mean, there are other alternatives out there like I remember we interviewed the dude who made he called it the sling box when he first started like Sling T V when it yeah. first started. And he called it the sling box. And we interviewed this guy when he first started and it's like, Oh, it's kind of a neat idea. And now what they have is they have packages like for sling TV. So you can pay like 20 bucks. You can pay 10 bucks and get like a bunch of channels. You get ESPN. If that's all you want. Yeah. You want ESPN. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, changing. So it's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is I would like to have a career where I know, okay, I have a good retirement working for, you know, the fire department, um, insurance, insurance. Do you have insurance now? Um, I do have insurance. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, and, and, and I, I want something, I want a career. Cause I think one of the big things for me with radio was not just to wake up and get to entertain people every morning, but the big part for me was being a part of the community, you know, and, and getting to 
raise money for the homeless, you know, being a part of toy drives, you know, connecting with our audience if they needed help with uh, relationship advice or addiction, whatever it was, we were that, I think we were that, we were that for the community. We were those people. Yeah. Yeah. And I want something where I can do the same thing. You know, I want to be in service. You know, I want to, I want to help, you know, if someone's in need, I've always been that type of person that wants to, to be there for that person, you know? So, um, again, I'm not a firefighter yet, so we'll see what happens, but that's the plan for you. Yeah, that's the plan. And that's the journey that I'm on right now. And, but it's, this is a crazy life, (laughs) you know, things change all the time, you know? Yeah. So, um, I'm just learning to take it day by day and, and uh, not get too overwhelmed, you know, because when I get overwhelmed, I call my mom and she slaps me upside the head over the phone and knocks me back into reality. Yeah. She's been she's been that rock for me, you know, because it can be overwhelming, you know, yeah. you know, going back to school, working out sometimes twice a day, um, dealing with teenagers, <laughs> uh, dealing with a divorce. What? Um, what? Yeah. All that. It's a lot, you know, and other things, you know, that, you know, I, uh, a lot of things are very private that I'm not going to speak about, but there's a lot that have, that has gone on in my life, you know, the past crabs, crabs and yeah. Um, all that. So, all right. Well, I think this is a good place to pause. How far are we? Uh, it doesn't matter, but we need to pause because I need to pee. You know what? Joe Rogan doesn't pause. Just go and I'll just I'll just lead it. Just keep just go. No, I'm worried about you just having the microphone. It's and- fine, just go. All right, I'll be right back. Jeez, man, this is so embarrassing. You're embarrassing. I'd like to take the time to uh, talk about my Instagram and Facebook. If you are not following Dex Toth, you can go to Dex underscore Toth. That's T O T H uh, on Facebook. It's just Dex Toth. Um I will say this about Buck, though. Um, Buck is not a douche. He is a very wise, very attractive. I mean, if you've if you've seen Buck, then you know what I'm talking about because that that gray beard is beautiful. And even though he vapes, what? What? Huh? Let's talk about vaping real quick because <coughs> back before we got fired in 2015, you were supposed to you were, you were on a program that was going to get you off that thing. Uh, yeah, I decided not to. Why? I don't know. Stress? Maybe. So help with stress? Yeah, maybe. No. Yeah. I mean. A lot so, of reports are coming out though. People are dying. Yeah, so the reports that are coming out, from what I understand. The people that are having issues with vaping. It's like homemade chemical stuff. It's vape juice. It's black market THC vaping cartridges. That's the common thread. So and it's then, almost and, like and people- then I guess there's also like a certain compound, it's like vitamin E or something like that that's in that particular compound that is causing the lung issues that people are having. So it's like people that go to Mexico to get butt implants 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they get concrete. And they put concrete in there. <laughs> And it looks all nice and fine for a day, and then you know it yeah. turns to it turns to right. a mess. Right. Yeah. So that's my understanding. But I mean, obviously, at some point, I will end up not vaping. You know, but that's not my big concern right now. You know, my my deal is is like I want to, I just want to. How do your lungs feel when you work out? Fine. Fine. Totally fine. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I remember when I quit smoking. I quit smoking after Ella was born. Um, she was born in June and I stopped smoking in December of 2012, stopped smoking tobacco. And, um, I just remember going, going out for a smoke one day and then coming back and my wife handing me the baby and it's like, I was, you know, I stunk like cigarettes and it's, I can't do this. I can't have this around my kids anymore. Yeah. So I just stopped and started vaping. Yeah, it's it's crazy just how bad cigarette smoke is. Oh, it's secondhand awful. smoke, especially. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm 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 not living in the house with the people that smoke. Um, but I I I'll be honest. I live in a camper. You live in a camper. I live in a camper. Wait, hold on. I, I'm basically like rigs from uh from um lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. That's so hold on, hold on, hold on. So you live in a camper. I live in a camper. How big is the camper? That's not very big. Well, when you say how many square feet, like compared to this room that we're in right now, it's probably half. Uh, it's probably so. This room that we're in right now, we're sitting in my living room, and it's probably five hundred square feet. It's probably fifty to seventy-five square feet. So, wow! You walk in. There's a little table. There's a sink and a microwave. There's a little bathroom with a shower. So where's your 40-inch, uh, your 50-inch flat screen that you had in your bedroom? Uh, uh, come on, man. I got divorced. I lost everything. All right. I live in a camper. You want to laugh. Go ahead. I don't want to laugh. <laughs> You're holding it in. You were holding the laugh in. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so you live in a camper. Yeah. It basically has a bed. has a TV. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It's perfect. I absolutely love it. Does it have um, a heater? Has a heater, and um, but the uh, uh, my friend, you know, the, in the house, uh, they smoke in the house. Yeah. If I go in the house for more than five ten minutes, I'm coughing up a lung. Well, I mean, I can feel it, and that's five to ten minutes of just being in the house. Do you have to shower in the house or do you have a shower in the camper? Um, both. I can shower in the camper, but I usually, I either shower at the gym or I'll go in the house sometimes, hmm. you know, but. Do you walk in like with the robe and your slippers and your shaving kit and be like, oh yeah. Hey, it's Absolutely. Dexter. Can I, yeah. can I shit yeah. shower and shave? Yeah. 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 So, but. Uh, so what's the, when are you going to, why'd you decide on a camper? Um, cost effective. Yeah, it's cost effective, and you know, um, for me, my goal is to get into the fire academy. Right. So, um, I'm trying to make it my life as easy and streamlined as possible. Why don't you go be Matt Gentry's roommate? I'm sure he'd probably just let you show. Funny you mentioned that he lives in the house with the smokers. Oh, he does. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. We're basically roommates. Oh, okay. I just live outside in the camper. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I was hanging out with Matt one day over at um, his his place. He's renting a room, and 
And, uh, I was, my friend Lauren owns the house and, and she, she heard about my story wanting to get into the fire Academy and, and, uh, she just bought a camper and she's nervous that someone's going to break into it. And she's, she's actually in Thailand with her, her boyfriend for a few months. And so she was like, Hey, can you basically house sit my camper? Cause she doesn't want anybody to break into it. So yeah, it's actually the first time living in the ghetto. <laughs> I've lived here for almost 20 years and I've been pretty lucky enough that I've never actually lived in the ghetto. Uh-huh. And this is the first time and it's an experience. Right. Because it's homeless people, people getting They're their eyeballing stolen. your camper? They're eyeballing, man. So They're really you live in a caravan? Pretty much. A caravan. Yeah. Is it Periwinkle Blue? <laughs> it I is. Snatch. Periwinkle That's Blue. Good. Um, but uh, you know, const you know, hearing the ambulance, you know, the police fire trucks just constantly um you know and then the occasional uh homeless person with a shopping cart that's you know pushing it down the alley next to where the campers parked you know yeah. so you need a white noise machine oh i have that I'm yeah that'll make that all go away. yeah i'm used to it so it's it's good um have you seen my basement yeah i have got a fireplace down there yeah it's cool living area bedroom wow huh it's nice heated why did you bring that up? I just, you know, you never asked me if you'd, you know, if you'd oh. crash anywhere, but you know, you got your camera, so that's cool. Well, here's the thing, man. It's, I've, I know that I don't ever want to be, I know how hard it is, especially with a family, you have kids and everything. I don't ever want to be that guy that, I don't want to disrupt the family. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of like Cousin Eddie right now from vacation. But I'm not because I'm actually doing my friend a favor. Yeah. Okay. So I'm staying in the camper. I um, could really just, I really kind of want to just picture you as Cousin Eddie though. You know, like I know wearing you rubber that, boots and a, in it's a, just not me. And a robe. I'd rather all, live in my car. Hair all messed up. Yeah. I, I'd rather live in my car than actually disrupt someone's life. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Ah, that's so. kind of you. Eh, not really. I've never been that guy. So. But, you know, people fall on hard times, you know? So. Um, You're muscling through it. So for work, you are driving Uber mm -hmm. and Lyft. Uber and Lyft. And that's, ugh, that's a grind. Can people specifically request you if they want you to be their Uber driver? No, it doesn't work that that's way. That's a drag. It would be nice. Yeah, it would. But no, it's. You turn the app on when you want to work and you just basically wait for somebody in your area to uh, request a ride. So you basically wake up at four o'clock in the morning. And that's why I'm tired is because I, I had found that I tried the Friday and Saturday night shifts from 6 p.m. to two in the morning. Right. And you can make good money, you know, why don't you just do that 150 bucks, but it's the crowd you have to deal with. It's the drunk people it's the who cares my friends passed out it's yeah i've done it for a while and i was making it's weird with with uber and lyft is i can make good money some days so if they charge days, somebody 15 dollars for a ride how much of that money do you make um 20 goes back to the company okay so they just take 20 percent. i get to keep any tips 100 percent of the tips right um, make sure to tip your Uber but it's, driver. It's weird because I almost think that sometimes Uber and Lyft, they slow down people's apps because there'll be a day I'll go out and it'll be nonstop busy. Nonstop. Past you, two days, I've gone your, what's out. What's your star review? How are your stars? Oh, it's good. It's almost five. 
It's like a 4.8. Oh, okay. Um, I've got an idea for you. Can I finish my thought? Yeah, go ahead and finish your thought. Um, past two days, I've been going out and... You do airport runs in the morning. Airport that's, runs. That's what your bread and butter is right now. Past two days, I've got... Like this morning, I got one ride in an hour and a half. When usually I get four. It, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So it's it's a pretty fresh. Maybe the Uber people don't like you. Maybe you should just try Lyft. I'm doing both. Both the apps are on at the same time. Oh, you keep them on the same. Yeah, time? and then when you get like if an Uber requests me, then I shut the Lyft off, and then take the Uber person to their place, and then once I drop them off, I turn the Lyft back on. Okay. So, I wonder if you tried just doing one. If I did. It would be more advantageous. I did. I did Uber for a while without Lyft. Isn't Uber more expensive than Lyft? Mm, not sure. I don't know. So I've got this idea for you. Yeah. I read the story online about an Uber driver in Portland. And what he would do is when people would get in, he would hand them a menu. And there were four choices on the menu. And you could either have funny story, happy Uber driver, where he would tell you some funny stories or some jokes or whatever. He would have angry Uber driver where he would, you know, just be really bitchy and kind of an asshole. There was creepy Uber driver where he would just kind of peer at you in the rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like, I don't know, Talladega Nights. Yeah. Fast, you know, yeah. if you're second, your first loser, whatever, you know, yeah. drives fast. And, you know, you should create a menu. I thought People about liked that. it, and he got killer tips, too. He was getting no. maxed out on tips. But you know, here's the problem with me is my personality is I'm very introverted. If they, if a passenger gets in, I usually start off with, hey, how are you? How's your day? And you can really tell if they want to talk or not. Because some people that get into an Uber or Lyft, some people don't want to talk. Yeah. So you can really catch their vibe, the sense of like, do they want to have a conversation or not in the first... 10 seconds of them getting in the car. Yeah. So, I, I took an Uber uh, a couple of days ago yeah. and I had to go down and pick a car up and, and uh, I was on the phone yeah. when I got in there and I had to be on the phone for like half. And I was embarrassed about that. Yeah. I hate doing that. Yeah. Well, it, that's not, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. seems kind of impolite. It's not though, because our job is to pick you up. Our job isn't to sit there and like, I mean, we'll definitely entertain you if you want and have a conversation, but yeah, um, for the most part, though, it's, you know, it's, a lot of people are curious how long you've been doing this. Where are you from? Um, what made you want to move to Albuquerque? Um, the first, I don't know. I mean, I still get it. But the first it was last year when I first started. It was probably almost every other ride. Somebody would recognize me. It was really weird and awkward and I almost quit doing it because it got weird because I'd pick people up and they'd figure out who I was they'd say oh have them have the mighty have fallen <laughs> basically <laughs> that, you know like oh what happened wait what why what happened you know and it was like what happened to the show and it was just the same like oh my gosh like and that's fine you know but it, that made me realize the impact that we had on the city like Wow. There, I mean, there are a lot of people that used to listen to us, you know? Yeah. And uh, from all ages, you know, I have, I picked up 60-year-olds that, you know, used to listen to us. We had an edge grandma. 
We did. I remember that. She was the edge meemaw. I picked up this lady the other day and um, she, she was, she might've been in her sixties. Um, and she gets in the car and she was really nervous. And she, all of a sudden she goes, I just want you to know. And I'm like, okay. You thought she was going to like yeah. hit on you, right? <laughs> Cause she was really soft spoken. Thought you're having your cougar moment. And she goes, um, she goes, I loved you and Buck. And I'm like, Oh, that's Thanks, very Mima. sweet. And she's like, I just hated when they fired you guys. And I dropped her off at her job, you know, and, and, uh, but yeah, it, it, it can be one of those embarrassing moments or it can be like, Oh, that's very cool. And, and, uh, you know, very encouraging and get to hear, you know, um, you know, the impact that we had on people's lives is, was, is pretty cool. You know, that we got to do that, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I can't wait to not do Uber and Lyft anymore. I'm, I'm over it. It's a grind. Yeah. It is. How much it's money do you make fan. a month doing it? Tell me. <sighs> That's the thing with me. I don't do it full time. You know, I'm only doing it part time. I'm basically doing it just to, to feed myself and put gas in my car. What are you making? Like 500 bucks a month? Hmm. See, I haven't even, I don't even know. I haven't really you need even to, looked. You got to know your numbers, dude. Um, it's the number one rule real estate. Got to know your numbers. So I, I probably work, I'd say about six hours a day, maybe five to six hours. Okay. So you're working 30 Monday through Friday, 30 hours a week, 30 hours a week. And I'm probably pulling in, I'd say about 60 bucks a day. Okay. But not every day. Some days it's. It's like fishing. I compare it to fishing. Yeah. Being an Uber and Lyft driver, it's like when you go out fishing, some days you come home with nothing. Some days you come up with a fish. Some days you come home with tons of fish, just like that with Uber. Yeah, real estate's the same way. Sometimes you got to move from your fishing hole and go to another fishing hole. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll park and 15 minutes goes by and I haven't got anything and I'll have to drive to another spot, you know? And and uh, so it's, it's it, yeah. Isn't there like a, a way that you can figure out the hot hottest places to be yeah. for Uber? Yeah, there's definitely they have events. Apps? Yeah, well, they have uh, they're, on their apps, there's uh, their, their little section that talks about the different events that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Why don't you just focus on like conventions? That's the and- thing. I try to stay away from a lot of those because Why? you get stuck in traffic. Excuse me. Dude, you're not in L.A., no, I've gotten stuck in traffic, and the whole thing about being an Uber and Lyft driver is to get them there as as safe as possible, but also you want to get there as quick as possible right? within the limits. Um, and if you're stuck in traffic, you're not getting paid for the time. You're getting paid for the mileage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can find yourself traveling three miles. Three miles in Albuquerque in the city is a pretty far distance in the city and you don't get paid for the travel to get to them so if you're gonna go three four miles to pick somebody up and then you pick them up and they want to go block down the street and you make a dollar fifty or two dollars and no tip it's not worth it you're spending more money how often do people not tip you um i would say 50 yeah i'd say it's about about 50%. I always get like the emails that remind me of my ride with whoever. And it's like, oh, I didn't tip that guy. I, I always wondered him. about that because yeah. some days 
I won't get a tip right after I drop somebody off, and I'll be like, oh, man, I didn't get a tip from that person. I yeah, thought- I get an email either that day or the next yeah. day, and it reminds me, and it's like, if I haven't tipped them, I will tip them. It's um, it's awesome, because out of the blue, I'll get a notification. Oh, you just got a tip. At you just like, got $2. In the middle of the night, and I'll be like, holy crap, I just got a $5 tip, you know? Huh. Um, this one time I picked up, um, I picked up somebody, and I think I took them a couple miles down the road. We didn't say a word. And they tipped me 20 bucks. Oh, tis the season, son. I was like, okay, cool. Have you picked up any celebrities? No. No. No celebrities. No celebrities. Have you picked up anybody you know? Yeah, I think. Like randomly, like. Yes. Um, Who's the, uh, is it the general manager at Petrie? Scott. Scott Simkin? I picked up Scott. And his wife. Oh, nice. Um, they get Did he ask how come you weren't driving a Buick? <laughs> no, he, he, I get in the car. Or he gets in the car and he we, we start heading down. I was taking him to a restaurant. And all of a sudden he goes, Dex? And I look back and I'm like, Scott? <laughs> it, was, it was one of those weird moments, you know? But That's funny. Um, I think that's the only time I've known somebody. But uh, no, it's... Today, actually, I picked up somebody that uh, um, they were schizophrenic, so they were talking to themselves. It's almost like they had multiple personalities. Are you sure they didn't have uh, an earpiece in? No. <laughs> Not another Bluetooth? No. Didn't have that. Um, so you just never... It's it's a cool job because you never know who you're going to pick up, um, and you can have some really good conversations. How many people have thrown up in your car? Nobody. Oh, that's good. Close. That's why I kind of stay away from the Friday and Saturday nights because it's been close. Why don't you do the early Friday, Saturday? Like if you get the people going to the bars. I do that. Yeah. 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 I'll do. Oh, I usually start at around six if I do a Friday and Saturday. You need to do five to get the older people. They got more money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Saturday you could, I could do that. But Friday, I really stay away from rush hour traffic. Yeah. So if I go out during the week, I'll probably go out around 6, mm. 6 p.m. Just because okay. traffic dies down. But um, no, it's just trying to find the right times and spots to, you know, pick people up. And, and yeah, I don't know. It's It's been good because it's, it, it's a flexible it, – it's this job, it it's, permits me to do what I – you know, have been doing working out whenever I want and trying to be a fireman, but it also sucks. Cause I'm having to eat probably 3000 calories a day and that's expensive. That's a lot of food. Yeah. So I'm just constantly hungry. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. The struggle's real, man. <laughs> the struggle's real. All right. I think we've talked about take my shirt off? enough. I don't think anybody wants to hear about Uber anymore. I think I'm done. I gotta go. I gotta go work. What do you mean you got to go work? I got to go Uber. I'm serious. I All didn't right. get. I got one ride this morning. In two hours. You can turn your app on and I'll just like request a ride and we'll see if it'll pick me up. It probably won't pick me up. That's funny. All right. So I guess we'll wrap up for today. This has been the very first episode of the Buck and Dex podcast. Um, sponsors are rolling in. Yeah, we've actually got some sponsors coming up. We'll talk about those uh, next time. But uh, if you know anybody who would like to sponsor the Buck and Dex podcast, you can email us thebuckandexarmy at gmail.com. That's thebuckandexarmy at gmail.com. 
and I will respond to those coming up for you on our next episode of the Buck and Dex podcast. I don't know if you should promote anything until it's in the in the can, bro. Okay, so let me just tell let me just do it this way. Coming up in the very near future on the Buck and Dex podcast, we will have from the Mandalorian Tate Fletcher. He will be joining us on the Buck and Dex podcast. We will be talking to Betsy Brandt from Life in Pieces. Again, these are might be talking. No, these aren't might. These are people that have confirmed. Listen, I've been in the game for a long time. People confirm all the time. You've been out of the game for a long time, my friend. Dude, whatever. I've had a YouTube sauna show. Very successful. Okay. All right. Fuck you and your YouTube sauna show. I've done Star 88. Very successful. Non-commercial radio station. So I know how it works, man. Uh, I spoke to a friend of mine, Brett Greenberg from Epitaph Records, and he's basically given us carte blanche for whomever we'd like to speak to. So if we want to talk to Fletcher from Pennywise, he'll set it up. If we want to talk to somebody from Bad Religion, he will make that happen. So if you guys have people that you would like us to talk to, if you have particular music artists, uh, uh, you know, that you want us to talk to. I want to talk to a gal named Amy Interrupter, a band that I've been listening to called The Interrupters. I would like to talk to somebody from The Interrupters. Uh, we're going to be talking to Kevin Zinger from Regime Management, who manages like, uh, I think he manages hip hop people like Be Real, the Cottonmouth Kings. I think they have something coming up. So we're going to be talking to um, Matt Page, also known as Master Ken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we will have some other local people on the show. Probably have Darren White on the show from Pure Life uh, Medical Cannabis Dispensary. He'll come on. He's got a radio program on KLB that he does. No, we should get his TJ Trout. We can have TJ on if you want. Uh, we can have him come on the show. Uh, Leah Black, you know, we'll get her on the show. I know Moxie wants to come on the show. And um, I think we might start recording this down at my speakeasy. Buck has a speakeasy. Here he goes again. He's going to brag. I'm not bragging. He's got a speakeasy. I have partnered with three other gentlemen. Oh, boy. And Here's we, your douche moment. Whatever. <laughs> and we have a speakeasy downtown at a liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's a cool spot. Yeah, it really, really is cool. a cool spot. And also, I want to say a very big thank you to Chris Burnett for hooking us up and actually letting us borrow his Zoom 6 uh, Chris Burnett has a podcast. It's he's one of the oldest, not oldest. He's been one of the lo- uh, the longtime podcasters. He was podcasting before Adam Carolla was. How many? Uh, how many followers does he? Have? I don't know. A lot. How many listeners? What's a lot? I don't know. Four or five thousand an episode. So anyway, I can't confirm that. His podcast is called Ten Drink Minimum, and he will be joining us on our podcast at some point because uh, he's been instrumental. And then also. Morgan Christian, who used to have a podcast called A Perch of Birds or something like that. Um, he's been helping us out as far as like with some technical stuff. And he's actually offered to possibly be our producer and, yeah. and help us technically with the podcast. So yeah, once we get, uh, we want to, we want to have, we want to be able to take phone calls or interview people. We'd like to call the Dilberts. We'd like to call Jimmy. We'd like to call some of our old... Uh, oh, and I spoke to Jimmy, actually. Yeah. Uh, he sent me a text message the other day. And He's still what, alive? From what I could decipher from his babble, his gibberish, he would like to be on the show. Okay. So he definitely wants to come on the show. Okay, good. Because a lot of people, that's they still hit me up over... Yeah, and you guys are kind of wondering what we're going to do. And, and I think it's going to be, we're going to talk to people. What I'd like to do is, I'd like to do a couple episodes a week. I'd like to do an episode where that's we... A, that's a big commitment. 
I don't know, man. You are such a pussy when it comes to this. You know, I, I think that you need to either... Are, are you all in? Are you all in on this thing? Are you committed? Because uh, I'll be honest. I'm about... Uh, I'm at 80% right now. Fucking pussy. Well, you know what? Huh? For years, you were at 60%. When no, no, I ran dude. The show. It wasn't the right time. What? It wasn't the right what time to do about? this. What do you mean? This. The podcast. No, I'm talking about the years we did FM radio. You were at 60%. I wasn't at 60%. 65. No. I was all in. I was at 110. No, you. Well, I had my foot on the throttle, bro. You did have your foot on the throttle. All right. And you and Baxter just. But you also caused some issues for us. Well, yeah. You wonder why. I was under a lot of stress. A full throttle. Anyway, if you guys have an issue, if you need some advice on something, you can approach us on the street if you see us. No, oh, don't do that. But you can totally do that. Don't listen to him. You are being such a bitch. Tired, man. I'm so tired. Oh my god. I really am. I'm hey, like, man, I'm just being real. I'm like almost 10 years older than you and I'm like I'm fine. All right, next, you know what? You work, you do two a days. You go run 10 miles. I don't need go to do run a CrossFit 10 miles. workout and then come talk to me. I don't need to run 10 miles. All right? Wake up at 4 a.m. and go oh Uber god. and Lyft and then oh, don't get anybody. I don't don't get any, don't make in. any money for 2 hours even though I got up at 4 a.m. I don't CrossFit in. I'm cranky. I can't do it. I, yeah, you are. You're a grumpy old man. And I, you know what? I deserve to be So anyway, a bitch right now. All right, just I'm going to turn you off. Um, if you need to get a hold of us, you can email us, thebuckindexarmy at gmail.com. We will happily respond to that. You can find us on social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, buckindexarmy. Yeah, and share it. Tell everybody, you know. Tell your family and friends, you know, that we're back and share the podcast um, to as many people as you possibly can. Yeah. I want to make this thing global. I really do. I think that this is probably our opportunity to do... We always wanted to be a syndicated morning show. And I think that doing what we can do here, unfettered and uncensored, we can get there. Technically, this is global. Well, it is global. But I mean, when, when I say global, I mean, like, I do want people from all around the country listening to us and people in different countries and... I, I want that to happen. And I, and I think it can happen. It'll happen. You know, especially once we start doing some of our bits again, like the gauntlet. We're going to do that again. Buck and I are both going to, uh, we're going to do the gauntlet. I'm not doing it. You're gonna I'll do tell it. you right now. And we're going to do Buckethead trivia. All right. Well, just be prepared that uh, we can still get sued. We can yes. still injure or kill somebody. We're going to get waivers signed. We got we got very lucky. In the next episode, we'll talk about some of our old stunts that we used to do. Uh, the moments we almost killed the Dilberts and Julia with the titanium spine. She had adamantium spine. She? <laughs> she did. We almost we did almost kill her. All right, I gotta go. Uber. All right, you're such a bitch. Are you going to be like this every time? No, man, I'm fine. I'm good most of the time. I'm tired, man. I'm exhausted. I don't sleep very good. <sighs> Some homeless guy with a shopping cart woke me up last night. Did he, he was run it into your? Did he run it into your caravan? Yeah, he ran into my caravan. He was whistling, talking to himself. Was he whistling Dixie? Gosh, man. Don't live in the ghetto, man. It's a different world. Whatever. All right. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you in a couple of days, I guess. Just hit end.